according to the script, I say they suck and I want to move to Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Just whatever. (laughs) They actually don't suck. Okay. Charts, a stellar newscast. I'm Whitney Fishburne in Washington, while my New Yorker colleague, co-host, and fellow astrologer Elizabeth Grace is in New. Well, I already said you're a New Yorker, so you're home now. You're in New York City. It's really nice Ooh. to be back. It's yeah. Really- oh well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And you're feeling better. I'm feeling better, although I still have some sniffles from COVID, and it's been over. It's been almost a month. So you know, nobody out. You guys don't want to get this mask up. Okay. Because you just don't want to get it. So Elizabeth and I are both renegades from corporate media and we report and analyze on the cosmic impulses behind the news. And in this episode, we are going to seriously emphasize how the media manipulates you into working against your best interests. And we're going to explain what we think you can do about that right now, Mm -hmm. right now. Other than that, in general, we want to help you anticipate the cycles and trends in the world so you can see it's not a linear, frightening place, but part of an ensouled universe where cycles within cycles suggest there's a greater consciousness unfolding us. It moves through us and around us. There's a larger intelligence than anything we know about on Earth. And most importantly, we want to encourage you to participate in that unfoldment of what the universe has in store. And I want to add, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Fear separates you from yourself and from others. And from others. That's really important. That's a very important concept for one of the patterns this week. You know, Ooh. not Saturn turning direct. It's in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time to reconnect to the collective. Did you see that funny Facebook meme about every different sign in the Zodiac? It was so funny. And there was one about... um it was basically like a group of each Zodiac sign, but a group of Aquarians was considered an invasion. <laughs> yes, I saw that. It was so funny. My favorite one though was a group of Virgos was considered a disinfectant. <laughs> oh. oh, poor Virgos. And the best, of course, because being a Leo, a, a Leo rising, a group of Leos was a parade. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, it would. Yes. And maybe a group of Aries would be a crusade. I don't know. I don't remember. I, just... I don't know. Okay. Coming up in this episode. Well, we got to, we got to fess up. I have to fess, but let me tell you this first. So we had some feedback that we have not been hewing to our mission statement as tightly as we should, or as we initially did. And uh, we thought this was fair criticism. So we are starting a new segment called the DOT. That would be the department of they, as in they say, or they said, or what are they talking about? Doesn't but, matter. All but of that. clarify, tell, tell our avid listeners what it was that one particular avid listener felt that we were neglecting. And avid listeners who may have an opinion about this are invited to respond. We want to hear from you. So tell us what, what is it that, that she wanted us to do? Uh, Give you some more information on how not to be bummed out, how to deal with the news. And I'm going to explain to you why I thought that was really a great insight. So um, I'll get there. Hold on one second. I'm just going to explain to folks what the DOT is. So we're going to report on the DOT, right? The department of Bay. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to take a story every episode and we're going to break it down into pieces. So you can see that's a Virgo thing, by the way, that is not disinfecting. Well, maybe it is. That is breaking things into pieces so you can see more clearly what the manipulation is behind it. And then we'll put it back together so it works. And then you understand it. And then we're going to pose some questions that you can ask yourself so that you can decide for yourself what the truth is. Okay. And the goal is to expose the status quo games played by, and this is Elizabeth's thing, the powers that be the PTBs and that the PTBs are the, they in the department of they, anyway, my goal with this, when I thought about it was to, because this is something that I care about and I've been doing for four years over at my other publication is to help people feel less anxiety 
about the state of the world. So mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is my person, but, but, but since starting to do this podcast with Elizabeth, it has become my personal mission. Truly. I think about this a lot, actually to help deconstruct the fog machine that creates this mass enchantment. And I have written a lot of hypnosis. Yes. I've written a lot about being occupied. We are occupied and it's mostly an occupation of our minds, but an occupation of who we really are by people who don't want us to ever wake up to who we really are. So we're going to start chipping away at that. So I said, I had a confession about this and I'm going to make that now. So Elizabeth is aware of this, but one of the reasons why I think we've kind of deviated from our mission is just I'm pooped. I'm so tired. (laughs) This entire eclipse season that began last November, uh, 2021 in, um, Scorpio started in Scorpio, right? Yeah. And then it has just, oh no, it was in Taurus. Taurus. It was, was, what happened was we had that really long lunar, no, really long lunar eclipse. I went up on the the longest ones, I think in hundreds of years. Um, and it was, that was at 25 degrees of Taurus. It was the full moon in Taurus. It was at 26. No, 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 no. What was, well, you, well, you bring it up to, well, if you, it was 25 degrees. Sabian Sibyl, I believe, was 26. Okay, close to Algol, which is the, a fixed star associated with the Gorgon and Medusa and losing your head and, you know, just completely over the top. So that's that happened in November. And then there was another eclipse, another lunar eclipse in May at 27 degrees of Scorpio. So the mm-hmm. Scorpio full moon opposing the Taurus sun, again activating mm-hmm. Algol. And which planets word, yeah. So you know, which is a fixed star in the constellation Taurus, obviously associated with the demon star and just awful things. Don't remind just, me. What? Stop. <laughs> okay, but my point is, but but this is, but so this this is a good Whitney. We thank you for your service to, sh- to that you're being here today, <laughs> showing up. Um, you know, my horoscope has not been hit by uh, eclipses this year, so I'm not. I'm not having to deal with accelerated progress, you know, like a curtain falls and that's Mm -hmm. it. You know, you can never go back or a genie jumps out of the bottle on an eclipse and puts it back in them. I won't get into all the details, but I can be a little bit more specific. So for me, the reason I'm pooped is I have been handling a lot of complicated, you know, multifamily events Mm -hmm. with multiple moving parts. Mm -hmm while also facing the fresh hell of recently losing someone in my life who meant mm-hmm. a lot to me. And it's really weird for me to think of that person not being on the planet at the same time I am. You know, I'm, I'm a little bit on my pilot light right now. I don't have the whole cooking with gas thing going on. However, I want to tell you how much this has been aided by astrology. If I had not had the astrology to help me, and if I had not known what I was going to be facing at least a year ahead of time, I looked at my chart and I was like, Oh, that's going to suck <laughs> going into that <laughs> shields up. I wouldn't have had my shield up and I would have been really blindsided. So, you know, I come from the mental health background. I was a psychiatry journal editor and reporter and all of that. And I'm telling you, I have never been more grounded I mean, I'm older too, but I'm more grounded, more, more ready for things, more okay about everything than, um, than I have ever been because of astrology. So, and it's not done. I mean, we're not done with this eclipse season and I can look at my chart and I can say, well, you're not out of the, you're not out of the storm yet, but here's when the storm will leave the grid. Mm -hmm. When will this be over? Astrology is amazing about helping people frame. You want to talk about coping strategies? When will this end? We can tell you about what that in your personal life and also, you know, the craziness that's going on in the world today. We do see, I mean, astrologers do see an end game here. There isn't, there is a time when we expect that this way of being this feeling like we're stuck between a rock and a hard place and nothing is moving you know, that's going to shift. We know it. And then it, 
as we've said before, there's going to be a period where it's going to feel like the end of the world because it is the end of the world. But what I was reminded of this week that I shared with somebody and they said, that's brilliant. And I didn't write it. I read it in a book. Um, Here's a coping strategy. Write this down. What the caterpillar calls the end of the world, the master calls a butterfly. I read that in a book by Richard Bach called Illusions, which is a wonderful way of looking at the world. I read it when I was 18. It blew my mind. Everybody who's our age. Who's our age. Yes. Read that book. (laughs) Yes. But people have forgotten it. And if you have never read Illusions by Richard Bach, I highly recommend it. And and we're the most scintillating, beautiful, sparkly, groovy butterfly by the end of this thing. But I ain't there yet, folks, but I'll get there. But you'll get there. but, But you'll get there because it's a process. Composting is a process. Things have to break down and transform. And astrology can help us see the timing of these These, uh, inescapable cycles. It's cycles. I'm just tired. I know you're tired. Meh. Okay. That's enough of that. That's starting to sound like a whine. So also in this episode, Saturn going direct. Also what's happening with Mars, Neptune and uh, in the charts of people and places that are sensitive to this kind of wiggy weird square. We're going to discuss the upcoming Venus Kazemi with the sun in Libra, which I could say a lot about that, but I won't because I know Elizabeth will say, no, 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 don't say it that way. So I'm going to let her tell you all about it. Yeah, well, 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 I want, I want to, ex- I want this to be explained to people because this is a technical thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Venus in astronomy land with you, when you study astronomy, you, you learn that Venus and Mercury are, they, tra- they always are traveling close to the sun. You're never going to get Venus opposing the sun. That just from our perspective on planet Earth that cannot happen because they are they are interior planets. There is something within. You you just you cannot have this conflict. So when a planet is close well, to wait, the sun that is confusing. So interior meaning that they are between us and the sun. That's what that means. They're in an interior Well, it's, well in, it's actually in yeah, it's the, well, I'm thinking interior. But Venus, okay, when you have a planet close to the sun, you want to be thinking about a new moon. You can't see the moon on a new moon. On paper, as astrologers, the sun and the moon are right next to each other or right on top of each other. When the moon is close to the sun before the moon, new moon or after the new moon, you know, however, whatever side of the cycle, there's no light from the moon. There's no reflection of light from the sun because it's hidden by the sun. And all planets will will, will do, the, the, the technical term in astrology is called, it's combust. I mean, it's like completely consumed by the sun. The planet's energy is hidden. You don't know it's there. It's, it's hard to manifest it, itself. So Venus this month has been very interesting because it's been in Libra, which is one of the signs it rules. So this is a very strong, effective, um, energy of social graces and money and value and and particularly with respect to relationship because Venus and Libra is very concerned and effective as a diplomat with things being fair and balanced. And if there's any fault finding to be had with Venus and Libra, it was probably done by Venus and Virgo the month before <laughs> because Venus and Virgo is never happy. But Venus and Libra, Aww. I always have I, to tell you. I know, and you, and you always say stop that, but I'm going to say it anyway because because it's the because of the wonderful things I does. So anyway, <laughs> I said the, I'm going up to the wizard. Um, but no, Venus and Libra. If there is any fault to be had. It's that Venus and Libra is so concerned with being people-pleasing that there is an abhorrence, there can be an abhorrence of conflict. They, just, they don't want to say anything that's unpleasant and, th- and that can cause problems that then Venus and Scorpio gets to deal with, which it will deal with next week. But anyway, um, so, but the energy, but it's been interesting to me because we've had this high functioning Venus, but it's hidden. We can't see it. It's so close to the sun that it's not fully present. Is she a secret agent? 
It's well, you know, it's I think I think to myself, there's something going on here. There are some interesting, effective, feminine, diplomatic forces at play that we may not be seeing clearly. And I was thinking, I think this is one reason why in the midterm elections, for example, there are going to be some surprises because people were not able to perceive this very high-functioning, diplomatic, people-pleasing initiative of Venus and Libra because it was in the shadow of the sun. Behind the scenes, impossible to detect people-pleasing diplomat. How does that turn out once she squares Pluto? We actually talked about this when Pluto turned direct, which it did earlier this month. And I think in our last- October, October 8th. October 8th. And we, we said- Everybody needs to pay attention to October 19th, because that is when the sun, which represents leaders, mm -hmm. heads of state and business, mm -hmm. is going to square Pluto. Pluto is turned direct. And one of the things we said is watch for chatter about nuclear power. It doesn't mean somebody's going to launch a rocket, but there's likely to be chatter about it. And it will be interesting to see where things are on October 19th when the sun squares Pluto because we may see some initiative or conflict that comes up involving leaders of business and state around these issues and power in general. So oil, for one thing, there's likely to be some action here. I mean, we've been seeing it, there's just like to be more midweek. And because Venus is involved, it's the sun and Venus that are squaring Pluto, but the two of them are involved. Venus refers to money and values and social expression. So there may be some extremes of value and social expression and money that we see to the upside. You know, the market could go through the roof, who knows? Uh, but there's going, there's going to be an extreme one way or the other. There's usually volatility when we have these squares. And since we've had these squares many times before, we will survive them and we're going to be fine. But this is what we can anticipate in the middle of the week. It will have already happened by the time you've heard this forecast. So and I would also add to that, when you think about what Libra is all about and what the sun, the sun is ego expression. Yeah, it's all okay. The sun is the energy. It's me. It's ego, ego yeah, recognition. And, and, and Libra is balance in relationship. And so when the, it's the same issue that the sun in Aquarius has, Aquarius is all this group think. And, and how can you be this strong ego defined entity when you have to think about the whole group? Sun in Libra has the same uh, challenge. How do you be a high-functioning Libra? H how, do, how do you feel comfortable with getting in your just desserts when you're, you're operating through this energy, which is not so much based on how you feel, but how you have to think about weighing all these sides and other people? Well, it's, a, it's not a problem if you are not seeing the world through the lens of hierarchy where there's always somebody on top. But yeah, so the sun is trying to keep things, the sun in Libra is trying to keep things equitable. Should we? Yeah, let's just talk briefly about what happened last week. Okay, in between in between the last the time we launched this thing, we would have we been telling you about the first square between Mars and Neptune. Mars is the energy of action. It's in Gemini, which is all about words. And so this long, long, stretch of Mars and Gemini. It's going to be in Gemini until mid-March. Usually Mars only spends a couple of months in a sign, but because Mars is going to turn retrograde on October 30th, meaning it's going to move backwards until January 13th, thereabouts, it's in Gemini for this really long time. So Mars is the energy of action and courage and, and um, anger. Gemini assertion. is words. Assertion. Assertion, right. Gemini, but language, words. So what we have been seeing in the news, words as a weapon. Mm -hmm. Lots of headlines about defamation suits. Mm -hmm. Everybody's suing everybody for saying something they didn't like. We had the first square, the square is a tense aspect, between Mars and Gemini and Neptune, which is dissolves whatever it touches. 
Neptune is lies and deception and spirit and oceans. And, you know, you can read a whole primer on it on my website. That would be graceastrology.com. Graceastrology.com. Okay. Now the United States has a Mars Neptune square in its unique natal chart. So the United States has a thing about idealizing, worshiping, glamorizing, this is all Neptune, the energy of action and aggression, our guns, our soldiers, our Hollywood cowboys. Herschel Walker, does he count? Our athletes, <laughs> our athletes. I read a funny thing about, um, he's also an honorary power ranger, <laughs> along with being an FBI agent. Nope. Um, <laughs> I, I'll get to him in a minute. The, the media is so is failing us so miserably with this. Okay, so Mars Square Neptune, last week, as we have, a, what we were writing about, we were told people to look for was a reality check because Venus, this high functioning Venus and the sun was trying to Saturn, which is reality. And Venus is money. So there's a, there's a potential money payoff coming out here. And one huge story that broke on this day with this huge, this configuration of aspects was the Alex Jones jury judgment the defamation, again, weaponization of words. Alex Jones told horrible lies. We talked about this in the last show. And the jury came back and said, righto, that'll cost you $965 million. Because, ah, Mars and, excuse me, Mercury and Jupiter on that same Mars-Neptune square, Mercury, how we need to think, opposing Jupiter, which is quartz, at the Aries point, a very prominent zero degree, the first day of, of Aries, the first day of, Lib of Libra, first day of Cancer and Capricorn. So blowing this up. And so we, so we had this big, ginormous judgment. Well, and also the judgment came down, I think, still within the span of the full moon, right? In Aries? In the aftermath, in the aftermath of the full moon, which was all about healing a relationship. There was, we saw that potential. And so the jury came back with this ginormous judgment that should keep Alex Jones, you know, eating at McDonald's Quiet. for the rest of his life. Um, but the other thing that happened was, <laughs> was that... <laughs> <laughs> with a happy meal. Anyway, the other thing that happened on this, you know, this piercing the fog potential was the January 6th hearing where they, you know, laid out, recapped the whole case and zeroed in on uh, the former president and subpoenaed him. They haven't subpoenaed him yet, but they'll do, that will be a nice, that will be a big blow up thing that comes in. One of the things I see in his horoscope is that there is a pattern that's repeating that he had going on in 2020, a huge effort being made with so much at stake, but he lost. And given the fact that he lost that last battle, it's not unreasonable to anticipate around about summer next year in 2023, there's likely to be a significant shoe that drops yeah absolutely i think so and i'm not even looking at it from the sake of astrology although yeah I do, but i'm just looking at this guy and going ah, you know i just really do feel the wave collapsing of people's tolerance for all this shit it's like i don't really have time for this anymore it hasn't gotten me anything so i don't want to continue to invest my my thoughts in it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think that that's gonna collapse the wave that he's been riding his little rowboat on I don't know. That's just me as a citizen, somebody who lives in Washington and talks to people who may or may not even know that I'm an astrologer. And then we can bring the astrology in. And I would agree with you, but I just don't, I think the guy's either he's going down in flames or his boat's going to sink one way or the other, whatever metaphor you want. Yeah. So um, anyway, so, so last week was reality piercing the veil of illusion. And on the one hand, we got to see some pretty wild veils of illusion up against sobriety. Such as? Such as, well, the Herschel Walker, you were talking about him. Okay. <laughs> now, so but, but this is the thing. This is where we get to skewer the, the, this is like, this is a department of they story. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This person, 
Herschel Walker represents Mars. He's an athlete, Mars. Uh, and he's, you know, was was deified because he was really good at running around the football at one point. Um, and I guess he now has multiple personality disorders, according to his own statements. And, um, you know, has assaulted women and fathered multiple children and paid for abortions and then denied that he did it, even though um, all of these things. Which actually, all right, now let me come back to my mental health pedigree here. Okay. Instead of running him for office, these mamajamas should be getting this guy help. So then just straight up, we're watching this guy get closer and closer to having a psychotic break. I think I'm not a doctor. I'm not diagnosing. And I don't really worry about that because I'm not a doctor, but I'm just watching and I'm thinking like something is imminent here in his psyche. Something's going to snap and they should be looking at him and saying, wow, you need help. Not wow. Could you help us win over the, you know, the Senate <laughs> or the over Congress? Yeah. And this is coming because I'm now looking at his horoscope. And so, yeah, this is coming. And, but here's where it becomes a department of they story. The person who gets the interview on the today show, I don't know if it was live interview, but it was broadcast on the today show is the person who didn't show up for a debate yesterday. Raphael Warnock was on, on the stage with an empty podium. This guy couldn't even be bothered to show up. You have to tell folks who Warnock is. Yeah. And so, and that's the amazing thing. I have to tell people who Raphael Warnock is (laughs) because everybody knows who Herschel Walker is because the media has made sure that we all know who Herschel Walker is. And when you think about the names Walker Warnock and how close they are, Um, you know, and, and so Raphael Warnock was one of the miracle candidates who won a runoff along with John Ossoff, Ossoff against David Perdue and Kelly, whatever her face was and Kelly's stock trading person with blonde hair, you know, whatever her name was, I can't even Lofgren or something. The Stepford Um, candidate. The Stepford candidate. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, these two gentlemen we're talking about the georgia we're talking about the georgia we're talking about the georgia senate runoffs Mm -hmm. that you know made the you know the leadership of the senate an absolute cliffhanger well at the end in in, in the 2020 elections and Raphael warnock won against i forget if he was running against purdue or or lofgren i think it was purdue i can't remember but the point is is he won. He's a reverend. He's intelligent. He speaks in complete sentences. Um, you know, he cares about people other than his own glorification of everything that I've seen. But here's the thing. I don't know nearly as much about him as I do about Herschel Walker, because Walker is the one who's getting all the press. Right. And this is a department of they story. Because the the media is training, you know, is directing your attention to this person who, as you say, needs help and is a sideshow carnival act. So I read somewhere, I wish I could remember who who posited this theory. They said, you know, if they if this guy does win, which I don't believe he will, but if they do, the, the Republican Party, this is their theory, will waste no time in generating some kind of incident. Right. That requires him to be, yeah. you know, yanked off stage. And then the Republican governor, if the Republican governor prevails, and I'm not convinced that he will, um, but that's their gamble that they're taking is if we can get this guy in here who's like a football hero or whatever, and Donald Trump likes him, then if the governor continues to be a Republican, which I'm not convinced that will happen, then we can just quietly get rid of him. And put in somebody that you know we're comfortable with. So he's being used. He's being he's. But the point is, is like I don't want to know anything more about this guy. I want to know more about Raphael Warnock. I want him to be the household name. Yeah. Well. Okay. So when I say the Department of They, it it, it is I, you know they say. Well, who's they? Well, they're the ones in power. All right. And what do they want? Well, they want your power and they want the status quo because the status quo has been built around separating all of us and predominantly by making us 
frightened. They want us to be in fear of things. Cause when you're in fear, then you're too distracted defending things to actually be progressive and creative and focused on the future. Instead, you're, you become reactionary and you're just protecting your things. And, and you start to think that life really is all about not being eaten by the bigger fish, you know, which I've written extensively about actually this week at Documental, but I am going to give us a department of a story and I'm going to use this Tommy Tuberville thing. So Tommy Tuberville used to be the coach of Alabama Crimson Tide, right? Wasn't it Alabama? Another athlete, another Mars Neptune, another glorified Mars character. Yeah, exactly. And okay. He was, you know, he's a big deal in the South. He's very winning. Um, <clears throat> so he's running for sen- or he is a Senator now, and he was at a MAGA rally. And, um, so let's see, it was October 8th. So it was the day that Pluto stationed direct and he was in, I think Nevada and he was giving a speech that I listened to on C-SPAN because I wanted to hear the whole damn thing. I didn't want to hear what little nuggets were chosen for, you know, the sound bites. So anyway, so let me just lay out the astrology. So, so Pluto is stationing direct that day, Uranus and Saturn, each of them retrograde. They're about as close as they're going to get in this particular square that they've been coming at each other, you know, punching at each other from two fixed signs, Aquarius and, and Taurus. This is all happening on October 8th. And you may have, you may have already heard this story. Tuberville says, well, this is what gets reported. I'm going to read this. Democrats want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparations because they think the people that do the crime are owed that bullshit. They're not owed that. Like the average person who doesn't absorb the news the way that we do and then analyze it. If if you saw that on the broadcast news, news or heard it on the radio or saw it as a headline, the odds are, because this is what I saw, all that blather that I just repeated that he said, the takeaway was, Democrats are pro-crime. And then everybody got mad. He said, Democrats are pro-crime, but he didn't say anything that really made any sense. And I was annoyed because where the hell was the editor or the producer who said, wait, these sentences didn't actually make any sense. He never actually finished a thought. He just threw a bunch of things together that are like a dog whistle just to make people upset. But the word that I have yet to hear anybody challenge from the perspective of news. Now, pundits are not the same thing, but you have to look harder to find what pundits are saying. Reparations in this country has a very specific connotation in our political discourse. Mm -hmm. So midway through a bunch of dumb tropes about border crossing, illegal drugs, disrespected police, pro-crime Democrats that don't have anything to do with one another because he never actually finished any of his sentences. And I have watched it six times. He throws in the word reparations. And then the media reporting, quote unquote, on what he said, never called him out. And if they had, they wouldn't have even put that on the news because it didn't make any sense. He was just out there riling up the base that he's already trained to hear this as a dog whistle. But the media treated it like it was news. So this is why it's a department of day story. And this is why this is something that you can start to pay attention to and you can be more empowered. And that would be the takeaway from this. This is an example straight out of the authoritarian's playbook. You you get the guy making $700 an hour. In this case, maybe it's Tommy Tubbyville um, to convince the person making $25 an hour that the person making $7 and 25 cents an hour is the problem. Right. And they're coming for your stuff. And they're coming for your stuff. This and so where the media is not so the way the media should have covered it is they should have put this in context, historical context. We have seen this before, and this is what it is. And then they could show all the brown shirts marching down the street or whatever, or they could show historical clips of people before who, you know, people from the past who have very bad reputations saying these kinds of things that are designed to get us to turn against each other and destroy this country. This is straight from the authoritarian's playbook. And this is where, from the Department of They, they're not doing their job, in my opinion. Well, what I want to point out is, is that the reason why the media didn't say any of the things that you just said is because 
they couldn't profit off of it if they called them out on it because the media is making money off of sensationalism and division and sensationalism and division is really sexy when it is predicated on fear. And all he was doing was whipping up fear. I mean, honestly, if there is anything to be afraid of in any of the things that he enumerated, maybe it is, he was obliquely referring to fentanyl deaths because there is a lot of fentanyl coming across the border. But if let's say you really are afraid of fentanyl deaths, these people are not going to come to your house, open up your door and jam that shit down your throat or in your arm or whatever. Yeah. You have to be the agent of your own destruction. If you are going to die from a fentanyl death, ask yourself when the tube says they're coming for you because the Democrats are pro crime and reparations and they're coming to shove drugs and shit down your throat. <laughs> you need to say, wait a minute, really? Is that, is that going to happen? <laughs> wait a minute. Is, is there a real justification for this fear? Okay. Maybe you decide there is, well then do something about it. Get busy. And then if you decide, well, no, that doesn't make any sense. Then you know what? Just ignore it. Ignore, yeah. Just turn it off. Ultimately you are the one in charge. You are the one in charge of the situation. So that is powerful. That is powerful. Yeah. You do not have to respond. You do not have to react. You don't even have to listen. You don't have to take it in. And that goes for so many things we are told is news. We are hypnotized. That's the word Elizabeth used. She's right. I call it the mass enchantment, but yeah, you can wake up, stop being in the, the glow of all of this BS, take your power back. And then, you know, you can practically deal with this too, by voting and voting against the bozos, but you could also watch C-SPAN instead of CNN. You could, subscribe. and you can also, and you can also become your own favorite fact checker and some, and you, one thing is an interesting exercise. Like I wrote about this in the forecast today. Okay. Kanye West kicked off of Twitter and Instagram last week because he posted these hateful anti-Semitic rants that were just dreadful again. And what the press needs to be saying, instead of whatever they're saying, they need to be saying, we've seen this before. This is, this is what, this is what worked. This is what they did. In fact, we are seeing more of that in the, with respect to this incident saying, you know what, we've seen this before. It happened in Germany in the early thirties and we see you. Okay. We see you stop it. This is what this is. Um, but what he did was since he got kicked off the social media platform, Twitter and Instagram, he has made a bid to acquire Parler. The media in describing this initiative to acquire this platform, which was used to generate support and coordinate plans for the January 6th insurrection, attempted coup, as an exercise, go to Google and type in whatever the story is and just hit and then then click on news and look at all the, the people who write the headlines have the power. How are they positioning the story? What are they saying about it? And it was fascinating because the, the, the media doesn't know how to describe parlor. Is it friendly to conservatives as NPR seems to think? Is it right leaning? Maybe the BBC said that. I'm not sure. I, I, I wrote it in my forecast. I have to go look at it. Or is it right wing? Or is it, you know, it, it's like the media, the person who is writing that headline, that headline is a positioning statement. They, the person who writes that headline has an agenda and they want you to think a certain way about the story. Elizabeth makes an excellent point. The more you know about your history and then tie that to astrology, the more subtleties you'll be able to tune into. But this does not have to be an academic exercise. You do not have to have a PhD to be able to use your astrology or to you know, cope with this kind of assault on your sense of well-being. The way to deal with this kind of department of they BS is ask yourself if you really need to be frightened of whatever it is that they, they are, you know, hair is on fire about, and then you can tune into what the astrology is. So let's, let's just break that down right now. The aspects are Uranus at, at the time of that story. Uranus was, is in Taurus. 
and retrograde and it's squaring Saturn in Aquarius. So two fixed signs. One is the way that people together construct things versus the way people feel secure together, right? You know, Uranus and Taurus, they're breaking apart. So you can see it as, oh, okay, he's using old tropes of how to feel secure, but they're coming apart. Okay, that's one thing that's happening. And then you also see that, as Elizabeth has pointed out, Mars and Neptune are in square. Mars is this aggressive energy. Neptune is this fog. So what is there? Is there an aggressive attack on me using deception? Maybe that's when you could look at it. But if you just start analyzing it from the perspective of there's something larger at play here, mm. then you can start to collapse the wave. And we were talking about this earlier with, you know, just as an observer of what happens here in Washington and me looking at people just being tired, regular people being tired of the BS that's coming from the Trump camp. The news never gets tired of it because it's not news. It's money to them. Mm-hmm. But regular people are just like, I just, I don't care anymore. I just don't want to care. And it doesn't mean that I'm a bad citizen. I just don't want to care anymore. And then boom, the wave collapses. So the more you understand about how this is just physics and you're creating a standing wave that all this garbage can float around on top of, and you just zoop your energy right out of it. That wave is boom down. This is pretty straightforward. I mean, I'm kind of using made up science words, but <laughs> no, there's an image. What you're saying reminds me of a cartoon that I saw a couple of days ago. So the, here, I'd seen this before and the cartoon is there is a group of people and they are standing on a plank that extends out over a cliff. Okay. And they're on the cliff bigger, maybe 30 people are standing on this plank. So the weight of these people on this plank is keeping this plank in place. That is what is securing the plank. And at the end of the plank, extending out into the the, the chasm of death, okay, There is a person on a platform who looks like a politician who is giving a speech, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And of the 30 people on the plank, 29 are looking at this person waving their hands like some demagogue. And one person at the back is facing away from the rest of the group, walks off the plank, meaning towards the solid ground. What Mm -hmm. happens to the plank? It falls. It falls along with a person who's standing there waving their arms, trying to get them to do whatever they want them to do. And it's that simple. It's that simple. Hierarchy, as you say, hierarchy, you know, any, anybody who takes a fiction class learns about how you drive a story with, with varying levels of status. Somebody has a certain level of status over somebody else. It defines their relationship and how they behave to one another, blah, blah, blah. With any authority figure, authority figure we have in this, I think, particularly in the United States with our Sun-Saturn square, the tension between the ego uh, energy of needing security, Sun and Cancer, uh, square Saturn, the rule of law, the authority of law, we have this hardwired intimidation about and respect for the rule of law and authority. So you go into a situation where somebody has been empowered with this authority over you and you think that they have it. I, I have a, I have a, this vision just came okay. to my head. <laughs> I'm just thinking Mars and Neptune, but you can use this anytime, but this is a really All good right. phrase. Okay. So um, S and M, right. So you have, you have, this is not something I know firsthand and I know <laughs> that's really not, but anyway, I'm just thinking of the person who is down on their four, you know, all fours, who's like the victim and, and the, the dominatrix has the, the stiletto on yeah. the backside. Yeah. The whip. Who has the power there? The person who has the power is the victim is the because sub because all they got to do is stand up. All they have to do is stand up. Not only that, but also the, the, the dominatrix or the whatever that person, the master has to keep coming up with way of stuff. They have to keep doing yes. stuff. They have to keep performing that. Oh, it's good. Yeah. They have to keep doing things. Did I read so, this somewhere? I don't know. It I just don't know. I know. I, this mind. is something, this is something, yeah, but that was a fascinating, um, in, you know, theory. It was very like, hmm, 
Mm-hmm. But don't Who's be really... basically what we're saying to our, our audience is just get up off your knees. <laughs> yeah, get up off your knees. You're like Rosa Parks or just sit there and don't move. Yeah, I'm, I'm not tired. Moving. I don't want to move. I'm not moving off this bus. And if the time is right, course, timing is everything. Timing is everything. And we're in a period now where we see the potential for breakdown and for these old way. I mean, ultimately what's going on, the way you keep your sanity in this, you know, even if you break it down, you know, is it the Democrats? Is it the Republicans? I don't know. To me, like I said, if you, the, the, the choice now is, well, you cannot vote for people who are not willing to, uh, to, to acknowledge reality and they're not willing to, uh, to acknowledge the law. So it makes no sense to support them. This does not mean that the people you might support now to preserve the rule of law and some sanity and some you know nice things like social security and healthcare for people, things like that. Um, it doesn't mean that their way is necessarily going to be the end game because everything is breaking down. Yeah. It is. We are. That's we other, are. At, well, actually, that's the other important coping strategy is just realize, look, this is actually OK. Yeah. It's OK that things are breaking down. It really is OK. It's supposed to break down during a Pluto return. It's the ca- OK. Yeah. The it's caterpillar. OK. The caterpillar is supposed to turn into whatever caterpillars turn into so that they can become a butterfly. If, I, if a butterfly made noise, I'd pretend to be a butterfly and make that noise right now. But yeah. <laughs> I am. I am absolutely running out of voice right now. Is there a, a transit you, you want to give people a heads up on? Uh, Saturn is turning direct at 18 degrees of Aquarius. Saturn turned retrograde on June 4th. If you know your horoscope and you have anything in your horoscope around 18 degrees of Taurus or Leo or Aquarius or Scorpio, you will be responding to the push forward, the focus on authority, responsibility, karma, debt. Um, But it might, if, you know, it could be a debt that comes back in a personal horoscope. People off the top of my head who are personally affected by this, Barack Obama, his ascendant is 18 degrees of Aquarius. So Saturn is sitting right on his ascendant right now. So that's like getting squeezed through a toothpaste tube and becoming, you know, Obama version 2.0. He's gone through the dark night of the soul with Saturn going through the 12th house and, you know, challenging him to confront all the bugaboos in the subconscious with Saturn going through the area of the horoscope we call the 12th house. He is preparing to embark on an, in a new crystalline form. It's very interesting because uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a manuscript that he'd written with somebody, I think when he was at Harvard Law, which laid out this vision for democracy and he never, never published it. And, and it was called, this was so cool because we're having the US Pluto return. I believe, I believe the, the working title was initially transformative politics. Hmm. Transformation. What a cool Pluto word politics, Pluto and Capricorn. It's amazing. Anyway, so he's he's reinventing himself. And then Nancy Pelosi, who's making major news, you know, when we realized we saw what was going on last week in the J6 committee, we saw this documentary footage that her daughter, Alexander Pelosi, took of her while she was, you know, on the phone with Mike Pence, caring about his well-being, you know, trying to get the governors of Maryland and Virginia. And calmly talking about the poo-poo. That the, and the poo-poo while she's tearing into a Slim Jim because, you know, she's hungry. You know, she's in Aries with Moon and Scorpio. The moon is at 18 degrees of Scorpio. So Saturn is uh, squaring that moon right now. So, hey, you know, you can watch Nancy Pelosi. Well, keep your eye on her because she's having transiting Saturn square her moon and she's had Uranus opposing, opposing, yeah, opposing her, her moon. A lot of pressure, you know, like which way does she go? Does she go old guard, Saturn? Does she go avant garde, Uranus? That is all this. This pressure on her, you know, how is she going to establish, how is she going to, you know, manifest that moon in Scorpio's need to consolidate power for, for control? She's being disrupted and challenged, and yet she's trying to, trying to like streamline it. 
those were really fascinating clips of her. I could not get over how calm and cool she was. Yeah, well, she's, you know, Luna Scorpio, we believe she has Leo rising. Oh, and I believe, we believe we have a, a 310 birth time for her. It was in the book, a biography or something. And that gave her off the top of my head, I believe she has 27 degrees Leo rising. So that would have been affected by those lunar eclipses that we were talking about earlier in the show. So yeah. she's, you know, it's like the genies popped out of the bottle for her. We see, we see who she is. She, yeah. that her, her personal presentation, her Leo ascendant, that regal queenliness. Yeah. Okay. Well, we see that. Hmm. And her, her son is six degrees of Aries. So Jupiter has been hovering around her son, giving her this expansive protective uh, stuff. So that's been, I think, helpful for her in managing the streamlining and, and the, the, the disruption, the nervous energy, perhaps, of Saturn and Uranus, the energies of change, the energies of control, pushing on her that, that moon. An astrologer would say, wow, that looks like a challenging time. But, you know, there may be another thing that softens it. Well, folks, so if you want to continue with the challenge and uh, see where it is that Mars is in your chart right now, the transit Mars, not your natal Mars, but where's transit Mars and uh, October 30th, it's going to go retrograde in that house. And now you can be thinking about where is Saturn because it's about to go direct and, you know, just start thinking, notice what's happening in those areas of your life. Okay. Well, that is us. That is episode 18. And we really appreciate your time and listening to us. You can find us at insold.substack.com. We're on Spotify and iTunes. We'd love to have you as a material supporter, but if you are not able to support us that way, please at least share the podcast with others and subscribe. You can click on that little hearty thing, the H-E-A-R-T-Y thing, and let others know you think we deserve a little praise. And if you'd like to read the forecast that this podcast is based on, you can go to graceastrology.com. Elizabeth writes a weekly forecast that is extremely detailed and tells you every transit that you could possibly care to know about and how you can expect to see it play out in the news. If you'd like to uh, see one of us about a consultation, graceastrology.com is Elizabeth and I am at insoldastrology.com. I'm Whitney Fishburn. I'm Elizabeth Grace. It was really cool that an avid listener took the time to say, hey, I would like you to address X. And I hope that listener will give us feedback about this, what we presented today. And if anybody else has any thoughts about, you know what, I would like you to do X, we want to hear from you. So I want you guys to feel empowered and authoritative as Saturn turns direct. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks and tell you all about the eclipses. Authoritative, not authoritarian. Authoritative, exactly. Yeah. So, so look up. So, yeah, until next time, which is episode 19, look up. And I always like to tell people, fill your heart with hope because it always will get better. It just takes time sometimes.